You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Good evening and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm John, I'm your host again for this evening and we have a threesome again. So the first thing I need to ask you, John, is how did you enjoy your semi on Saturday? <laughs> it was a good semi. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Uh, Hamish, how, how are you doing? I'm not doing too bad. Uh... Did you have a semi at the weekend? Well, I enjoyed both semis. Eh? <laughs> you, had, you had two? <laughs> yep. I, I thought you were getting on a bit. <laughs> it's amazing what they can do with new age technologies oh, I, th- I think we might possibly have a title for the podcast already so anyway we shall start off with the, the charity bet or charity bets I should nah, Hibs actually came good so yeah. Hibs have themselves they yeah, surprised me so that was a good tip 5-6 to six, we went for Lovey Aloha both teams to score which was not looking good because so we were in three a friend of this mind you he's not I don't know if he's won his money yet Spence of Aloha scored in the 94th minute yeah. um, however we had Inverness uh, I think that was possibly a banker yeah let and, us down badly uh, once again the bankers well Raymond's lying um, so yeah they never came in two out of three though so a bit better than last week and our first goal scorer bet, we went for Tony Andrew, Dundee United, Dundee United win, but sorry about that. I still think he could be worth a shout at some point again, though. Yeah, I think that game, the first goal was actually an OG, so it went on to the next goal, but unfortunately it wasn't Andrew that scored it. Aye. The only thing in terms of the charity bet as well, I wanted to mention, it's not in direct relation to the charity bet, but Livingston uh, were obviously involved. I did notice actually about the, the Challenge Cup, they have been told they need to replay their game because Alan Lithgow was actually suspended um, and shouldn't have played against the Crusaders. Uh, I thought just, I, I would have thought they'd just been kicked out of the competition. Yeah, you would have thought so. For playing a suspended play. Um, so, if we go back to last midweek, Celtic had a, a probably the, I, I would say, arguably the most important game of the, the campaign so far because I thought they maybe had a, maybe one of their better chances to pick up points. Against British Emerson and Gladbach. Munchen Gladbach hadn't travelled without five first team players that would have been probably expected to start. Um, either I guys see much of the game in terms of highlights? Then? Must admit, I only saw the highlights of the game, um, but to me it did sound like Celtic were pretty well outclassed. Uh, I think nowadays these, these German teams, even though I think they're only mid table, Gladbach just now, but you know they can show their quality and the kind of players that they have on the pitch. It's maybe a bit too much for Scottish football just just now. Yeah, uh, John, did you see much of it? Again, like Hamish, I only saw um, bits of highlights. Well, certainly the goals, um, but the pre-match, the media were building it up to be because Celtic drew with, um, with City that they were just going to go and win because Munch and Gladbach had these players out, but. Scottish media just don't learn. You don't underestimate these kind of teams. I remember one year they were writing off Valencia before they played Rangers and they wiped the floor with them and then ended up reaching the Champions League final. Um, not to say much and Gladbach's going to do that, but they're just, they were just too good. Um, and it was unfortunate because you do, I mean, I don't know what you, your guys' ones are, but I like to see all Scottish teams do well in, in Europe. It's, it, it does bode well for our game. 
Definitely. I, I used to think that, but then Aberdeen started challenging at the top of the league again, and I think I don't want Celtic getting extra ten million pounds because the, the, the golf and finance already is contributable. Um, so can I mix minds uh, with that one? I, I, I'd prefer they didn't really do well because it's just going to make things even harder for Aberdeen to challenge. The fact that we are even getting as close as what we do, um, and I know the gap is quite big, it's remarkable when you consider the golf and finances. And I know money isn't. Football is not all about money, but the difference between Celtic having millions and Aberdeen maybe affording a fear £200,000 for a, a player, that's massive. So, nah, I, I don't anymore when Scottish comes to the well, unless it's Aberdeen. From what for all here, Munch and Gladbach, though, very clever against Celtic. They actually they pressed, but they never pressed all over. They kind of just pressed almost in their own half, and they were pressing the midfield, so Celtic had to go long, or had to try and go long. They couldn't really play their game they they normally try and play under Rodgers. Seem that we had a tactic spot on with that one. Something probably come to it. I think we'll come to it later on when we review the big weekend game Aberdeen Celtic. But Moving it's on. It's not. It's not really looking good for Celtic though, is it? In that in that group, I think, uh, ah. I think they might be over by Christmas. Aye, but aye, aye, they wouldn't think. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was always going to be a hard ask for them. Um, I mean, that that was a tough draw. You had you got, I mean, Barcelona just beats themselves. City under Guardiola and um, well, Munch and Gladbach did what finished top four in Germany. So, and they're all you talk about the financial gap in Scotland. This the gap between those teams and Celtic financially is massive too. Yeah, as far I don't care about Celtic reality, but <laughs> I don't know. In terms of that, like if Aberdeen were there, I great, we would be getting loads of money. But I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe Hearts, the money, what money have Hearts got to spend? Well, I mean, or, or a player, a, if you, when did the last time Hearts signed up? Well, I mean, I, I think, Yeah, I mean, I think you're talking about us picking up Suter for like 150k. Yeah. That's that's yeah. the kind of uh, deals that we're looking to do just now. And if not, it's it's bringing in players that are on free contracts, really. Yeah, whereas like Celtic went out in the summer and signed Sinclair for what three million? Four. You can see the quality. Sinclair, Sinclair. That I can maybe a cut above most of the players in the SPL. Uh, maybe come on to, we'll probably come on to that though the, when we talk about League Cup fixtures so the big semi on Saturday uh, you were there John I was there yeah. oh I, I think I almost had a heart attack at one point I don't know about yourself it was um, it, we, it was getting a bit worrying in the the second half I mean the first the first two two and a half minutes we had five corners we could have actually went two up when we um, forced save at McNeil and then Hayes hit the bar Um it was a near heart attack at the end of the first half when Kitongo had that chance, and then yep. um, but Joe Lewis showed again what a brilliant signing he's been. You know, you can tell that that's been a keeper that was on the verge of England squad at one point. Yep. Um, and then we hit the bar at the end of the half, but there was a spell. I mean, a lot of fans were starting to get frustrated in the second half because yes. there wasn't a lot of movement for the players, and you know we were shouting them, um, you know, for McInnes to change it. Yep. And then Rooney scores and it makes us look like, well, what you're talking about. <laughs> Aye, I think as well you're mentioning about the fact that the, the fans were getting frustrated. There was a good few times that Johnny Hayes was getting frustrated. Because um, mm-hmm. it almost seemed to be like our tactic was get the ball to Hayes and see what Hayes can do. And mm-hmm. also as well, Hayes was quite often, if it was going out for a shy or something like that, it was Hayes that was um, doing the shy, <laughs> whatever you would call it. And there was, as yeah. you say, there was, there was very little movement. And 
I think as well we have been playing as you we've been playing really well first half. First half we caught we had the eleven corners I think in the first half um, and mm-hmm. we never really made the keeper work from any, from any of them. Uh, I, I can't mm-hmm. really actually think Neil having a save really out any of the corners. A proper decent. So that's something set pieces is something in terms of we, we could have been out of sight in the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we I mean played. a couple of the corners were actually hitting into decent areas, um, but yep. you know, just Adon's man wasn't anticipating it getting into that area, and Morton were clearing it. Um, but you know, it's funny you mentioned Hayes, and you know, I'm a big fan of John Hayes, but I thought Saturday was one of his poorest games. He didn't seem interested in taking players on like he normally does. I don't know what was going on there, but um, he was far from the worst player. I mean, there wasn't a lot of great players on show to be honest, but um, we were still we still deserve to win. No doubt about that, but we made hard work for it. I don't think anyone played badly. I just think that mm-hmm. Morton. I, I think actually a lot of credit should be given to Morton because Morton. Oh, definitely. Morton's game plan was terrific uh, in terms of the way they played. I think they realised we are going to have more. Aberdeen's going to have more possession. They, they did set up with a four-four-two. However, the four and mid very narrow um, because at times I thought, oh, what are we doing here, having? But you noticed any time we attacked, the forward almost became like they were centre, four central midfielders. So we were mm-hmm. having to go wide, where at times I thought we could have tried to kind of come inside. Madison, I thought, was dropped where mm-hmm. Kenny McLean should have been the one getting the ball in deeper positions. Because Kenny McLean, before his passing, is really good. And he has the ability to play passes, incisive passes yeah. too. The front four, or front, I, th- I felt Madison at times, he had some really good touches still. But mm-hmm. at times he looked a bit huffy. As in, he wasn't getting the ball. It's interesting. That's something probably mm-hmm. he needs to work on. But hopefully he doesn't work on and we get to keep him until the end of the season. If he works on that, then Norwich will definitely be recalling him. I think Rooney was isolated at times as well. Up front. I mean, he wasn't getting a lot of service. But again, he showed what an important um, striker he is. You know, the one chance that he got in the game, he finished it really well. Yeah, um, I, I think prior to the goal, I think I counted. I wasn't counting all his touches, but I, I think twice I can remember two things that he did before that. And he's obviously the seventieth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but once he'd scored, though, it's amazing. It comes in terms of he was, he was going and looking for the ball more, and also as well, mm-hmm. um, Aberdeen changed in terms of putting Rooney out to the left and actually putting Hayes through the middle for a spell, which is working mm-hmm. quite well, just to give something a wee bit different. Um, as you say, Joe Lewis, terrific. I thought Logan again as well. I don't think Logan ever has a bad game. Shea Logan. Yeah, I agree. Um, Centre backs, I thought, aye, they were all right. I thought Kitongo gave them a bit of the runarounds. I thought I thought Kenny McLean get mad at the match, which I did not know how that is the case. Apart from the fact he scored just before it was announced, uh, I thought Kitongo was probably mad at the match, uh, and, and I could see why he's quite highly rated. McInnes didn't want to let him go. Um, it was due to the fact of Kitongo being homesick, but he certainly wasn't scared to get stuck in. And for the size of the guy, he's quite physical. He's competing really well against Ricardo and Reynolds. I thought, he did, uh, yeah, he did, he did play well. Whether um, he was maybe Morton's best player, whether he was man of the match is another thing. Because um, he did miss that great chance one and one, although it was great goalkeeping below us as well. And there was a other than a couple of little runs. I don't think he caused. That much of a problem, maybe I'm seeing it a different way. Um, but I thought Connor played well. I thought Reynolds was shaky. Um, but I thought I thought Shea Logan was the best player in the park. If I'm being honest, I thought he was excellent again. You know, getting up and down and defending well, and you know, 
supporting when he could. Yeah. Um, it was hard to be honest, though, John. It was hard to um, pick him in my match, but I don't want Hamish being um, isolated here and letting us <laughs> take, take over. No, no, that's what's, fine. What's, what's, keep it, no, keep him isolated. He can talk about the Rangers game anyway. Uh, uh, just bring, just bring him in when we need the bets. Ah, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, no, I mean my view, my view of the game was Jim Duffy had Morton set up really well, and I think almost that Katongo chance and late on in the first half kind of summed up what they were trying to do really just try to consolidate Aberdeen and knowing that they would get a chance and really he had to score but it was a great save uh, but obviously if that goal had gone in the whole game would have changed mm-hmm. um, and, and, it, and their tactics would have would have been working so well, I'll tell you something, in that was... sense they were a bit unlucky I would suggest at the end of the day Aberdeen did deserve to win the game but uh, you know it was obviously Norway for you guys the one thing I would say as well in terms of pre-match because usually pre-match pretty positive uh, I was at a kind of pre-match party I suppose you could call it and usually there's the tunes on the old in that it was very subdued we were all think we were actually it was near Hamden the party and mm-hmm. We were all looking about how many of us here have actually seen Aberdeen win it. Well, there wasn't many because it's been 16 years before yes, that we saw that. Six defeats. Thankfully, one of the boys, well, I say boys, one of the guys came along and he must be a witness. And yeah, he came along with a swagger of, ah, don't worry, I've seen Aberdeen win at Hamden. He, <laughs> he was talking about all the good times and all that. He was like, ah, we'll be fine, we'll be fine. And I think it was almost, it was a kind of quiet confidence. I think people were confident we'd win. But there was still mm-hmm. that. Oh, like who? We were all we were asking each other who, who's seen us win at Hamden. Well, there wasn't many that could they could say I. Um, so that hoodoo is now gone. We've seen Aberdeen now win at Hamden. The big date to come later. Yeah. Uh, of course, I think you were expected to win as well, really, weren't you? So we'd that expected to win a few times. Yeah, I know, but that added its own own pressure on you, I think, on on Saturday as well. Yeah. Uh, it was all about getting the job done. I mean, um, I, th- I mean, I remember. Uh, asking a few people their predictions for the game and you know some people have come up with silly predictions like 5-0, 4 and I thought to myself this I said to the guys this is not going to be easy you know um, you would take 1 or 2 nil right now I mean because Morton have done very well this season they've beaten a couple of Premier League teams they beat Kilmarnock they beat um, Hamilton they then beat Dundee United I know they're not Premier League anymore but they're a top first um, championship team so yeah. there were no mugs the main thing is that you get the job done it wasn't it wasn't pretty, but you know the record show we're in the final, yes. and that was pretty much all that matters. Do you know what? See if we win the cup. No one will remember the fact that we struggled to a two 0 win against Morton in the semi final. Yeah. No one will even talk about that. Um, I thought McInnes in the build up to the game was terrific. Um, don't know whether mm-hmm. the guys seen it in terms of him saying, "Yeah, this is a big game for Morton, but it's also a big game for Aberdeen." Yeah. That just set the tone. That just. Cause I have real. I don't think I've ever heard McInnes a wrong word he seems to his psychology the way he kind of deals in the media and everything he always talk. He, he, he's, he doesn't talk about up too much but he does He does something whereby he'll praise the opposition but also show we're better slightly better however mm-hmm. after the game on Saturday he was like yeah Aberdeen in the, the final tomorrow Rangers and Celtic um, play to earn the right to play us and whoever we play we'll be underdogs I don't think he mm-hmm. believes that totally but I thought that was very clever as well. He's saying, yeah, he's good. He's good at um, taking put um, the pressure off when it comes to um, against the so-called bigger teams. Um, but 
as, you, as you rightly said, I mean, that comment, he was very respectful to Morton, but he was also saying, well, it's not just about being a big game for Morton, it's a big game for us, because he knows what the Cups mean to the Aberdeen fans, because realistically, it is our best chance of success as one of the two Cup competitions, and he, yeah. he, he's always spoke about how important it is that Aberdeen are in regular Cup finals, and now we've reached two in two, seasons, two, in two and a half years. Yep, the thing as well, is he, he has spoken about an era of success and this is something that potentially can happen there's no reason why we can't win cups I still think we'll be Celtic's main challengers for like this year whether it's close or not I don't know might, a lot might depend on what happens because Celtic aren't looking as good as they were um, so and McInnes oh. is obviously there for a few years it's going to be, be very difficult right but, if we, but we, we can win both cups say for example because when we won the League Cup, too, we did. I think a lot of people there's a good chance of a cup double. There's mm-hmm. nothing to suggest. There's nothing to say we there's not a chance of uh, a cup double this year. Plus, as well, I can see a change in the players as well. Previously, prior to this, I think McInnes very coy about saying how good we are. He said, "Yeah, we're improving." And Graham Shirley's now come out and said we don't fear Rangers or Celtic. So maybe there's mm-hmm. a slight change whereby McInnes is there as well, right? Let's let's get a kind of mentality whereby yeah, we know we're good. We can beat anyone. So I, th- I, I could see a change there as well, which will filter to the players. Difficult, mm-hmm. but we, we beat them twice last season. Yeah. I, th- I think I think in the league, though, that obviously that might be just a bit too far, but in the one-off games in the Cup, you're certainly capable of beating them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's probably where your best chance lies to, you know, if, if you're judging success, it probably is winning a Cup each season. But I, 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 I don't know that... There is, I can certainly see a shift in mentality or in terms of bigging ourselves up a bit more. Yeah, I think the main thing is they don't shout the moose off too much um, and get overconfident. I mean, they just need to toe the line. I think that's when McInnes has been quite clever um, up to now because I think one of the things they did wrong last season was saying very early, yeah, we're, go- we're capable of winning this league and then they went a horrendous run. Which, but let's but face did they do that? I, I don't really well, remember that... us saying that we could go out and win the league. I think we... In terms of a couple of players, I think a couple of players mentioned it. Um, well, the flood was certainly one. I think it was more the media yeah. tried to kind of talk mm-hmm. about it. But his arm shut his down. Uh, I actually thought at times we were talked down quite a bit in terms of disregarded as even being possible challengers for a long time. The last two, mm-hmm. and I know Celtic won the league the last two seasons by a good number of points, but both times it wasn't until after the split it was done, and both seasons Aberdeen once the league had been won Aberdeen kind of the foot went off the gas a wee bit didn't yeah. play as well because they didn't play for because they'd kind of secured uh, I don't know very, very different the bigger squad I think as well wanted to help but Cups yeah definitely best bet but who knows really because I think the likes of Hearts can take points off Celtic I think there's yeah. other teams that can take off Celtic Celtic at home I think will be formidable I, 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 in the league they might not get beaten but away from home we've seen them struggle already a wee bit away from home so yeah. right, and Aberdeen are now going on that kind of run that you certainly need if you're wanting to be up there and Celt- uh, challenging Celtic because what was that six wins in a row you've now had uh, three clean sheets mm-hmm. as well scoring goal, scoring a lot of goals well, you've only conceded two goals in those six wins as well so yeah mm-hmm. so uh, and the, the thing is again the squad they would have been again on Saturday you're looking at that you looked at that bench I'd have been happy if any of the players came off the bench last mm-hmm. season last season I couldn't have said that and, uh, yeah it's almost like for light coming off the bit what you had Jack came on, Guy yep. Story and Wes Burns as well. So, yep. you know, it is, it is like for like kind of guys that you're bringing on now. So that was even Stockley, didn't we get to come on? And he's, he's mm-hmm. got three or four off the bench this year, goals-wise. Uh, Paula, mm-hmm. 
as well. So yeah, I mean, um, in terms of the league, is he was? I just think this season, um, Celtic are just going to be far too strong for for everyone in a cup game. You know, ne- next month in the cup final, you know, I think we do have um, a decent chance to get against them in the Scottish Cup. We could be the same, but in a league campaign. Yeah, there may well be one or two teams capable of beating Celtic, but I don't think enough believe it as well. And this season, Celtic are a lot stronger. I mean, last season, I think Celtic stats were they only lost four games and two of them were against us. Um, and one of those four defeats actually came to end the season when they lost when they'd already won the league. So it's mm-hmm. going to be so much harder this season. Celtic domestically just look, um, you know, a different animal going forward. The options they've got, it's going to be really difficult. I think we're playing for second place again, but there's no reason why we can't take them at Hamden, especially to play the way they did in the first half yesterday because for what I saw, just moving on, sorry. Um, we don't want to talk about our game. Look, Who they don't want to care about it? <laughs> Come on, John, you've not read the scripts. That's, 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 I've read it too much. That's actually the old fan podcast. One thing I wanted to mention is uh, are your Aberdeen fans going to turn up for the final? Because the attendance wasn't the best uh, in the semi there. And I know that a lot of Aberdeen fans would have been thinking, well, this is a gimme, we're into the final. Uh, but there was only just over 16,000 there. I don't think there's a doubt there'll be... I don't think there's a doubt it'll be that Aberdeen will sell their allocation, whatever they get. You remember yeah. two and a half years ago when they played Cal Thistle, there was actually 43,000 Aberdeen yeah. fans went to the final. Um they won't obviously get that this time, but I think it, it, I think we well, will get 50-50. Oh, um, no, you, you've got to get 50-50. Yeah. I don't see it actually being a problem getting 25,000 or 26,000, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. The, the kick-off well, time. Well, mind you, you, don't, you won't get that with uh, the media and everyone else getting all their tickets. Uh, I'll tell, mm-hmm. tell you what, though, on Saturday, the media and that, the hospitality, it wasn't full, uh, certainly full yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think uh, Regan and Doncaster have got a lot to answer for. In terms of mm-hmm. a Saturday 12.15 kick-off for Aberdeen, you're having a laugh. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's ridiculous. Where you've got two Glasgow teams who played on the Sunday at quarter past two. Sorry about mm-hmm. that. That just it's not on. The, the, the sooner, sooner or later they'll realise that stop sucking up to TV. We don't get that much. Yeah. To be honest, is, I think it, really, is, it, is it that, that worth it? Was a factor of that though that Celtic did actually have the midweek European game. Um, if they, if they didn't I think part of that, that came at the police as well, Hamish. Yeah. Um, I think part of the factor, I think you're right, um, yeah, Celtic played on Wednesday, but I think the other factor um, was the police wanted this on the Sunday because the pubs opened later. Aye, but also, do you know what it was It was like? It was like we were the warm-up for the main event. Seeing the media, yeah. he's hardly unknown there was even a semi-final on Saturday. Yeah. If, you look at, if you look at BBC Sport and you see how many articles are about Aberdeen Morton compared to Celtic and Rangers... Yeah. It's actually in terms of the way mm-hmm. that they, they slever over the old firm. I know they're big, te- they're big teams, big crowds and all that, but it's going to continue to be like this until they actually start promoting Scottish football as opposed to the old firm. Sky as well, their adverts are ridiculous. It's all, mm-hmm. when the old firm is back, it's all about Celtic Rangers. It's not just all about Celtic Rangers. And mm-hmm. the sooner that the people that run our game realise that, it will continue to be a domination by Celtic or whatever. I actually... Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah. that's what sells the papers, though. Mm-hmm. But, but what's it like in the East? Is he in the East in, the, in terms of papers? So there's much coverage about Rangers and Celtic. Um, no, not at all. You won't. You, you, you literally don't get it too much in the Scotsman or the Evening News. Uh, 
it's mainly about hearts and hibs. Um, but we're East Coasters. But yeah, that's me, Brant. That's me, Adam Brant. Aye, we rant from you there, John. <laughs> Aye, I'm pretty sure you, pretty sure you both agree, though. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah no. Sometimes, sometimes it is frustrating, but you, you, you have to accept that these are the two large teams in Scotland, and uh, they, they have the following that they've got. Yeah, I mean, I get, I, I totally get that Celtic Rangers are the biggest clubs, and they, you know, they are the main interest in Scottish football to a large extent. But I think, uh, you know, from taking John's side as well. Is that there is a lot? There's a lot of good happening. Uh, more good in Scottish football happening. People realise, and some of these other teams that have been successful last couple of seasons when Rangers haven't been in the top flight has actually been good for the game, and that doesn't get talked about um, as much as it as it merits. Um, to be perfectly honest, and you know, likes of ourselves have you know actually had a nice little period of doing better again, and it doesn't get the same press. And I think they should be consistent, but you know. That's like um, turkeys and Christmas, isn't it? Well, see, on yeah. Saturday, um, I, I don't buy the paper. My, my, my friend, one of my friends who was at the game said, it was a day record, it might have been day record, you have to go back four pages before there was any mention of the Aberdeen, because the back four pages were... Yeah. No, I agree 100% that, you know, since the demise of Rangers, there has been a gap for a lot of Scottish teams who have done very well, uh, but yet it doesn't really get talked about enough. So, moving anyway, on to the old fun game. Uh, if we're allowed to call it the old firm game because I know some people take offence to that now uh, so Celtic Rangers uh, I'll leave that to, to you Hamish to start off with yeah I think uh, Celtic were undoubtedly the better team um, I think 1-0 just to Celtic flatters Rangers a bit I mean they were they were nowhere near in the game they didn't look like they were ever going to score a goal Um if Celtic had better finishing on the day, it could have been a 3 or a 4 0. Uh, they missed a lot of chances. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Rangers goalie, uh, there was a lot of talk about him being in goals for the game. Uh, Gilks, uh, he, he had a number of saves. So, yeah, I mean, the, the better team won. Uh, and it could, could, have been, could have been worse for Rangers, I think. Aye, John, did you see much of it? Yeah, I mean, I watched. Um, all the first half and most of the second half um, and I agree with what Hamish said, it was just mainly one way traffic, I wasn't impressed watching the first half I thought both teams gave the ball away a lot in the first half um, and sells it with a couple of opportunities but you know there wasn't um, It was quite a scrappy game I thought it was Yeah I thought so quality on the show. Yeah it wasn't, it wasn't the best um, old firm game but you know there's no question that Celtic were um, the more dominant side, the more likely to win the game, and it was a it was a matter of when they got their goal. Um, even despite some, there was some poor refereeing decisions. We might as well m- mention Craig Thompson. Um, he was horrendous again. It was t- terrible. I mean, I f- felt for Barry McKay because you know he gets the decision right in terms of it's not a penalty, but it's not a dive because Svitchenko wins the ball. Yeah. Or was it or Semyonovic? Sorry. Um, it's yeah, and then the decision for the um, Sviatchenko's goal—that was just a baffling decision. Oh yeah, yeah when, when Clint, Clint Hill and Sviatchenko had been having a running battle all game, there was a few times mm-hmm. I thought Clint Hill for a for a guy his size went down pretty easily. Mm-hmm. I thought, but it was a classic Craig Thompson where he had actually both sets of fans baffled by his decisions, um, yeah. which seems to be a feature when he referees. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's not—he's not a biased referee. I know some um, some of the 
Celtic and Rangers fans will say opposite, but he's not a bias referee, he's just bad. I think that's true, you know, there's no malice in what he does, he's just, he's just not very good, that's, that's the problem. Yeah, but he's one of our so-called best referees, so it doesn't really bode well. Or do they have the the, the rankings upside down? Yeah. Or, or maybe we need to get better referees yeah. or better training yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah. The game itself, though, I I mean, what was it? Warburton's come out and tried to say that the the, the gulf has narrowed. It hasn't. If Celtic had taken their chances, it could have been another five goal yeah. game easily. Um, positives for Rangers. I think. I mean, it was quite baffling some of the selection choices that uh, Warburton made, putting Tavernier, playing the guy Hodgson, and I, I can't. I think that I can't see why we play. I, I think Sinclair was very quiet, so I think that actually worked. And Rangers, some Rangers fans have think thought for a while that Tavernier should play further forward, so that might have worked. I think, I think when they lost the game, he, he surely could have seen that Clint Hill was knackered by the end of the game, and I think that's really when Celtic brought on Griffiths and Armstrong that made the difference and yeah. Hill looked absolutely knackered in the middle and it was probably his fault for not going out to Griffiths that that led to the goal Well, I would have said Wallace was at fault for the goal to be honest but he sees the one that's caught into the ball and is like Griffiths get away from him you know, if he does his job there Griffiths doesn't get away yeah. I think that's a thing though Warburton wants his full backs to play like wingers but they get very exposed because there's not someone, there's not people that cover naturally in the fullback areas. Uh, that, that's why Hodgson I think came in, because Hodgson mm-hmm. is more likely to just stay in his own half. Um, but with that, see if you ask Rangers fans, I, I, I've yet to speak to a Rangers fan that knows what their best centre back pairing is. None of them yeah. can say because they just say they're all almost as bad as each other. I think they all, I think Kiernan seems to be one. Yeah, play him, but then they just do not have a clue. Who you have? Do you have Hill? Do you have Wilson? Do you have Senderos? So, and, and I mean, even Rangers fans. Usually, you speak to Rangers fans, and they will they will have positive, some kind of positives out of the game. The ones I've spoken to said that's the worst they've seen Rangers play. So they even said yesterday was worst, worst than the five-one game in terms of where they played. The ones I've spoken to. I mean, they were they were a wee bit more. Well, they were obviously a lot more resolute than, than the the five-one game because of the, the difference in score. But I think the the main reason for the difference in score, as Hamish said, was Jelson. There's actually arguments that he's a he would be a better choice for number one than Fodringham, who really hasn't looked like a classic. Well, when I say classic Rangers goalkeeper. You think of the keepers Rangers have had in the past, like Chris Woods, Andy Gorham, Stefan Kloss, even Alan McGregor. But I know it's a different era. But Fodringham is nowhere near the quality. And Jilts looked a lot more, a lot better, apart from that one where he tried to play the pass. Oh, yeah. I'll give it the keeper being better with her feet and all this. That was a shocker. That was a shocker, though, because that was basically a... If, if mm. Logic had scored, I think Gilks would have got an assist. Yeah. 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 I thought but Jason Holt was pretty decent Rangers, I hope Holt is a good player. But what I was going to say, at the end of the day, Rangers did hold Celtic for 87 minutes on the big mm-hmm. pitch at Hamden, which there is a little bit of progress there, I would say. Aye, that's better. Probably the only time Rangers will play like that is against Celtic, because against Aberdeen, even at Petardry, Rangers dominated possession. There's very few times I think Rangers will play like that, whereby they're having to uh, sit back and control teams. However, they maybe Warburton should realise with the players that he's got, maybe Rangers are, would be better suited to playing on the counter attack. Yeah, I don't think um, you know 
yesterday was a barometer to say that Rangers have cl- narrowed the gap in Celtic. It's a one-off game. No, Alor ran Celtic close um, in, the, in the previous round. Celtic needed two cracking goals in the last ten minutes of that game. So you wouldn't, but you wouldn't turn around and say Alor narrowed any gap there in with Celtic. So <laughs> I, um, I don't buy that in a one-off game. I mean, the big challenge for Rangers will be if they actually claw back the points deficit in Celtic. That, that does, that's not even a hole they win the league. I think if Rangers, I think top four, they'd be happy with. I know they won't say that in the media. But I think if Rangers it would be a pretty decent effort. And at the moment, I don't does that look likely? I think I think Rangers will improve as the season goes on. Um it it would be unbelievable at Christmas time if they're not shopping for a defender. Um there there must be somebody out there that they can get or even a even a free transfer, a loony somebody but, but they I they, think they'll be looking at that as well. Sendros yeah. won't have been cheap, I don't think. I know he was a free, but I don't think his wage. Yeah, we've got a lot of money tied up in players, obviously, players that are suspended just now and things like that. Um, Kranz card is now out for you, I would think, on yeah. a pretty hefty wage. Barton probably isn't going to play for him again, we would think. Um, I think was it Graham Sooners came out and saying that Warburton has been restricted by the fact he's got no money to spend. Did not spend a million plus on Garner? Is that not the talk? Yeah, 1.8, I think he spent. But I, so I think Sinus is talking about what Rangers have obviously paid in the past, but um, that was the past. No. Rangers, <laughs> Rangers have got... Rangers now. Yeah. yeah. I, and has even come out and, again and said that Rangers need to be prudent in terms of spending. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. I, I still think Aberdeen and Hearts are, have a better score than Rangers. We'll finish above them. I even think St Johnston could finish above Rangers as well. Bold statements. Bold statements. I think Rangers will be, you know, certainly in the top four. But to think that they'll actually be pushing Celtic, that's that's totally unrealistic just now. I think they're a good few years away from that. Yeah, totally agree. And then and then you say in these few, you know, a good few years away, where where is the finance going to come from? Where where how are they actually going to get closer to Celtic? You just can't really see where it's coming from just now. We don't seem to have heard much from King for a few but a while. I've not seen anything in the media at all with King talking about anything, which is unsurprising. Usually Rangers chairman are, well, going by Murray. Murray was quite often in the media saying for every pound that Celtic spend, we'll spend two and all that type of thing. And then obviously you had you had the white and green and that were in the media for different reasons, but not, not heard much yeah, from King yeah. this season. Yeah, I, I think they've still got a lot of... Um behind the scenes business to tie up like they've, um, they've had to pay off Mike Ashley to get the rights to their badge back and there's still other things with the Sports Direct contract and there's a lot of um, of things in there sort of behind the scenes um, before they spend this £5 to Celtics £2 whatever yeah. I think you're very right there John that they've got to get that sorted out you know till the fans can actually go out and buy the strips that generate the money kind of thing and just now they can't they can't do that. I think they've been looking. I believe that there's been talk in forums uh, about them trying to raise money different ways, like within the club, things that they can do uh, at half time. Seen things like instead of crossbar challenges, like certain things they could do in the pitch, and people would pay to, to enter and different things like that. So different, very different times with Rangers just now in terms of how they need to try and get finance to to be competing. I right, see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, moving on, we've got the final. Uh, so Celtic earned the right to play Aberdeen on the 27th of November at Hamden. 
which is a, a preview of the, the game at the weekend. Because Aberdeen face Celtic at Petordry on Saturday. Early kick-off. Yeah, and um, just just um, going back to the League Cup final, I mean, I don't know if any if anyone um, believes in omens. Um, Forty years ago, Aberdeen played Celtic in the League Cup final and beat them two one. Then managed by Alan McLeod, who's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. So if you believe in omens, maybe this could be a sign. Although personally, I'm not um, into these omens because I've seen too many of them before and seen them shot. But you never know. I keep my fingers crossed. Every chance that we can do it. Every chance. That might, that might come back to bite me in the bum but uh, I think there's every chance if we play to our, our best if we can beat Celtic yeah, yeah Sat- Saturday's a big challenge mind you um, you know because the media spotlight will be who can step up to challenge to Celtic how will they cope at Petaudry? Um this I mean since since the opening day against Hearts this is probably arguably their biggest test so far definitely there's no doubt about it but when we have said Celtic could have a really good side but Defensively, there's certainly the areas that I think that uh, Aberdeen can hurt uh, Celtic. Uh, on the other side, though, I think Celtic can hurt our, our defence. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting now that Ryan Jack's back. Does Jack mm-hmm. come into midfield on Saturday? I think he might. And then that would surely mean Shinny goes back to left back. Or is it Jack and Shinny and then McLean drops out? I just hope we open. don't. I just hope we don't. Sorry to cut in, John. Um, I, I just hope we don't um, focus too much on, you know what Celtic can do because we did that at Parkhead early in the season we went with 5-4-1 and it didn't work we invited them on they ended up getting their goal and yes. and then you know, we showed them too much respect that day Celtic as I call I said they will run away with the league and terrific players going forward and you know we must um, you know, we must respect that but at the same point as you say they've got a defence there that can be got at and yep. If we can just get in their face, you know, see the way Celtic played against Sai, if we could do that to them, we could cause them problems, um, especially with the crowd behind us um, at Pudodre. Absolutely. I think you're definitely right there. That I think Aberdeen are probably one of the only teams in the league that can actually go toe-to-toe with Celtic and, you know, have a, have a go. There's not many yeah. other teams that can do that. Yeah. The one thing, though, about we've played, we play, obviously we've played Rangers there on the scene to compare it to, and we let Rangers have the ball. I don't know whether we let Rangers have the ball or just Rangers controlled the game. McKenna's touched on it a wee bit saying that we didn't expect Aberdeen to have as little of the ball. I would like to see us at home have a bit of a go because I think we've got the players to hurt Celtic. Mm-hmm. However, I can understand McKenna's being a bit more conservative because if Celtic do attack as much as they do, we have the players that will hurt them in the counter. The likes of McKinn, the likes of Hayes. Mm-hmm. Again, I think it's a game that Madison will enjoy. He might get a bit more space. What I don't want to see is doing we, we do this against a big is sit back so much. Maybe hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, maybe McInnes has looked at Mitch and Gladback playing against Celtic and seeing press areas maybe be a bit higher up the pitch. It's risky because Celtic have got pace up from the likes of Dembele and Sinclair for us as well. But I don't think mm-hmm. you can set. You can't. Set, I don't think you can set off Celtic. If you set off Celtic, Celtic will score at some point. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's always a given. So. Yeah, and the thing is as well, Beaton's not been playing particularly well um, in the middle of part. I mean, Armstrong came on and pretty much changed the game from yesterday, so if it's Beaton ahead of Armstrong, that's someone potentially um, be got at. And um, Although, I mean, I just think we need to be quite aggressive, be in their faces. Play the, the way we played in the two games last year, it's obviously going to be difficult, um, but you're better having some sort of a goal um, than just sitting back and letting Celtic come at you in waves because they will eventually punish you. Yeah, it's also as well, if you have a bit of a goal, it doesn't need to be 
two gun hole because but yeah, mm-hmm. a bit of a go. The crowd gets behind you. The crowd plays a big factor in these types of games. You, mm-hmm. the, the crowd are, are up for it. And the, pl- the players are up for it. Then maybe some of the Celtic players don't really know how to cope with that. It's not often mm-hmm. they, they maybe get that. Um, in terms of mm-hmm. a, a pretty decent sized crowd away from home. Um, see what happens. But if, if we've got the midweek fixtures before that as well, so again if we can beat uh, Hamilton tomorrow night. Takes us a point behind Celtic, but Celtic have also got games in hand, and then they play on Wednesday against Ross County. Potentially, Aberdeen could be top of the league after Saturday. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> John, Let's win you, our game if, first tomorrow if you, night. Aye, take if, it from there. If you've listened to podcasts though in previous seasons, John, I'll, I'm always optimistic about Aberdeen. Seeing the predictor, there's a thing in the predictor in the, the forum, and you can see what results you predicted and how. If your predictions have been correct, what the league table would be like, you can imagine. Uh, Aberdeen have won by 10 points maybe not by as much as that but I, I can never bring myself to predict that Aberdeen will lose I can't do it uh, yeah, maybe I'm just too over cautious but um, <laughs> you've known that in the short time I've been doing it that, um, I don't want to shout too much just in case it comes to bite me in the backside we are in a good run Like we start the season kind of indifferently but we got the, the most of the difficult games out of the way first, so see what happens. Another couple of clean sheets would be lovely. Because uh, what was it, eight? Eight in a row we had at the start of last season? We're on three just now, so yeah, keep them coming. Yeah. Do you think think Aberdeen will go again with the same at the back? Or Taylor come back in? I don't know. Because um, Reynolds didn't look convincing on Saturday. Um, and Taylor has played well the last couple of games, but we asked Taylor, he's the sort of defender where for 85 minutes... He looks solid, and then in in five minutes he loses concentration, and it costs us a goal. Um, I just I just don't know. All I know is that O'Connor will be fine in the centre. Um, it, I mean, it could even be that Constantine moves into centre back and um, Shinny moves back to left back. You just don't know. But I think it'll likely be if Taylor's fit. I think he'll play. Um, that will give us a bit of heart um, heart failure for ninety minutes, but we'll wait and see. Aye. Uh, but moving on, we should probably move on to predictions. It moves nicely on to predictions because uh, we've got Aberdeen Celtic first up on Saturday. We won't do predictions for the midweek fixtures. Um, so, first up, yeah, uh, Aberdeen versus Celtic, if I told you. Uh, hey, we shall go with you first. Okay. Um, I think you guys will give it a good go. It's almost like Clash of the Titans kind of stuff. Uh, but unfortunately, Celtic are scoring too many goals just now, so I'm going to go. 2-1 to Celtic away win but a close game John um, I, I'd love to sit here and say that I think we'll win but I don't think we're going to be good enough to win however we might be good enough for points so I'm going to go with a Desmond for this one there's goals in this for both sides you know, I'm, I'm going for Aberdeen feel good to put a place difficult difficult task but I'll go for Aberdeen 2 Celtic 1 now at the moment I don't know if I'm missing something here, but I cannot see odds on my bookie for the weekend fixtures because we've got tomorrow night first. Um, and that would probably be the, well, tomorrow night and Wednesday, which will probably be the case because things like that could affect it. So no odds at the moment for that. Moving on to the next game, we have let's go for Hamilton against Dundee. Uh, John? It's hard to predict when there's no games in midweek and both sides are really, really struggling just now. Um, I think... Right now, I'm actually going to go for a Hamilton 1-0 victory. I think Dundee are real struggling for goals just now. Uh, Hamish? Uh, I had this down as a 1-1. I, I'm 1-0 as well. Um, Inverness against Hearts, Hamish? 
I'm always worried about Hearts away from home. Uh, obviously disappointed with Inverness and the charity bet this week, so I'm going to go a 1-1 again here. Yeah, John? I think Hearts are legit 2-1. Uh, I'm 1-0 as well, I think. Pretty decent. And next stop, Motherwell and Ross County. Uh, John? Um, I think Motherwell at home can be, are quite strong, and Ross County have been struggling for goals. I'm going to go 2-0 Motherwell. Hamish? Yeah, I think that's about it. I've got 2-1 uh, to Motherwell. Ross County really struggling without Liam Boyce just now. Uh, yeah, I'd be tempted to go for Motherwell as well. So I 2-1 Motherwell. Uh, Rangers versus Kilmarnock. I think I think Maybe Rangers. I think Rangers will, will kick back after uh, build from defeat three 0 to Rangers. John, I'm going to go two 0 Rangers. I think they'll be too strong. Uh, I'll go to two one Rangers. Um, and last but not least, we have St John's against Party Thistle. John. <laughs> We've said a, f- a few times that I think Partick are due a win, and I've, it's still not happened. Um, but I don't think it'll happen next week. I think um, St Johnston two win. Hamish, I've got St Johnston two 0 and a possible pick for the charity bet. I I think St Johnston uh, will edge it. I'm just going to go one 0 though because I'm not scoring a lot of terrible a lot of goals. So I think St Johnston could be a shout. Um, odds wise, we're not going to have odds yet. So the odds for the charity bet once we pick the, the treble if we're sticking with trebles the treble yeah. um, will have to be tweeted later in the week. I'll put the teams up in terms of tonight and who who we're picking. Uh, who, who else did you have in mind? Um, you mentioned Livingston having to replay a game. Are they still definitely playing at the weekend, Joe? Uh, I believe they should be because I think I would imagine the rear range fixture will be a midweek. Yeah, yeah. They're showing down on the website um, that they're due to be playing. That might change, obviously. Yeah. Well, I've got I've got them playing away to Brecon, both teams to score. Oh yeah, that looks good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like the look at that because Brecon yeah. had a good win at the weekend as well. So yeah, I think yeah. that. And then, mm-hmm. if we take St Johnston, see, I really want to take Cubs, but we feature them too much and they let us <laughs> down too often. They, who have they got at the weekend? What about Sitman at home? Uh, wait a minute till I check the odds because. Um, I think Hibs it's 11-4 1-3 women bookie yeah. the, the banker that I've got in the treble is Forfar to beat uh, Edinburgh City Edinburgh yes. City bottom of the league Forfar flying just now yep aye Forfar uh, so, so it's either picking Hibs or St Johnston in my book I think we've all agreed St Johnston will win yeah so let's go St Johnston to win Brecon Livy, both teams to score and a 4 for one. Um, I was going to suggest Elgin at home to Cairnbeath, but I'm happy with 4 for Elgin was another one I'd looked at just to I just, all, I, I just think Edinburgh City are a little bit out of their league this season uh, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's showing Yes, no I think that's a good bet um, so we need to pick a first goal scorer Well following on from that I fancy Josh Peters for Forfar to score against Edinburgh City first. Josh Peters, that's a new one for us. I see he's five goals this year in the league. I think he's uh, their top scorer on ten if you include the probably the cups. Has he got a good record for scoring first? Hopefully. Oh, hopefully. I thought you would have known that. <laughs> I thought I thought it was that. I thought it was that side that you <laughs> used. If he scored ten goals uh, for them this season and five in the league, yep. Let's see. Yes, he does have a good 
Right, I could have scored first. Oh, I thought I'd expected you. That's <laughs> shocking. <laughs> I trust you, Hamish. Yeah. I think I think Timmy Oka said it in the <laughs> early in the podcast. That's that just everyone's mind is gone. Yeah. Uh, people might not even listen past the first thirty seconds. They might be on the hopefully yeah. the intro- hopefully the full introduction works this week. <laughs> Otherwise, folk will be like, "What? What is this?" Um, Turned on a semi. Okay. <laughs> aye. So I think that will conclude the podcast. But aye, we're all right for time. About aye. Thank you, Hamish, for coming on. And no problem. Listened. It's always uh, a pleasure. You love Harbour. Of course. Uh, and John, <laughs> always a pleasure. There was another thing I did want to mention. Mm-hmm. Obviously, during we went at the game on Saturday, we did hope to try and meet a wee bit apart from each other. But John, what was your omen for the game in terms of your seat? <laughs> yeah, um, me and my mate had seats 95-96 the year we won the League Cup against Dundee. And um, I only noticed that just before the game. And I was on row P, uh, Pierre Pollock. Well, obviously, it was quite in the League Cup recently. It was all good. But uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on, guys, and uh, speak to you soon. Thanks again. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Bye.